everybody, how's it going? Jeff Antoniak here, Digging Deeper Jazz Videos. Welcome, thank you for being here. So today, we're gonna keep on with our discussion about rhythmic groupings. Now, uh, if that sounds boring to you or confusing to you, it's neither of those things. We're gonna find some really cool, like a, a fantastic way to get deeper into the rhythmic component of our improvising. This isn't just about counting or being in the right place or how do I play the end of four. This is how to get some depth into our improvising from a rhythmic standpoint. There's so much cool stuff here. So obviously this is for all instruments, right? We're talking about rhythm. This applies to everybody. Now, this refers back to a couple videos ago. I think it was number 52, Digging Deeper. Uh, we started this talk about rhythmic groupings of threes. <clears throat> Sounds kind of simple, and it is kind of simple to understand. If you haven't checked that out, maybe go back to video number 52 and look there and you can see how we built up to what we're gonna to do today. So today what I wanna do is present that information in the context of a tune. So I have a fantastic uh, PDF here for you guys. Essentially what I did is wrote out a, uh, an etude on this tune, it's sort of a composed solo, and using a lot of this idea of groupings of threes. So I don't mean triplets. A triplet is indeed a grouping of three, dividing a quarter note into three. Instead of one and two and three and four, those are dividing into two, right? One and two and three and four. That was harder than I thought it was gonna be with the two fingers. Should have practiced that. Um, so the idea now, we're not dividing a beat into three, and I'm hesitant to try to do that with the three fingers. What we're doing is just playing eighth notes, one and two and three and four and, but dividing them into groups of three. One and two and three and four and one and two and three and four and. So all I was doing is snapping on every third eighth note. Not that big a deal. Eight eighth notes, I snapped on every third one. But uh, this is where it gets interesting and this is what we talked about in the previous video. So um, as you can see, on this piece, what I did is forced myself to write a bunch of groupings of threes. Groupings of threes are dotted quarter notes. In the third and fourth measure, I used only that rhythmic language. And so I used it throughout this 32 measure tune, sometimes for two measures at a time, sometimes three measures at a time, sometimes six measures at a time. So, um, mixed it up a little bit and yes, it's overdone. No, I'm not. Look, you know, I'm not imagining there's a Grammy coming for me from this one, but if there's anybody in the Academy, anybody that's on the voting board, like, yes, you know, vote for me. I'm not gonna hold my breath. Uh, this is teaching. I'm not here to be uh, showing off for you. Uh, if you wanna hear me showing off, you can buy the new CD, which is coming soon. Um, so no, let's uh, play this through. I'm gonna play it twice, two different tempos. So here we go. This is based, by the way, on the fantastic song, How High the Moon. And Charlie Parker, of course, used this form in chord changes for ornithology. So I'm using a play-along track for How High the Moon or uh, ornithology. And by the way, this PDF, um, I have it for you here in four keys. In the key of B-flat, if you play tenor sax or clarinet or trumpet or whatever. E-flat for the alto and baritone sax players in the key of C. And in bass clef. So if you want this PDF, I'll send it to you. It has all four transpositions.
I'm, uh, I'm pretty impressed with myself. I, uh, I wrote that, but I didn't ever actually try playing it. I think I got it all right. And one of the things I'd point your attention to is there are these square brackets uh, underneath some of the measures. So those are showing you exactly where all this rolling dotted quarter stuff comes from. Again, if you're not sure what or why, or why would we even do this, go to the preceding video number 52. So, um, now here's the thing, my rhythm section, not the most responsive rhythm section because they live in a computer. They're made out of silicon. Okay, so um, if I played those kind of figures with my group, I have three different professional groups, with any one of those groups, those guys would have been on it, either playing that rhythm with me, playing an answer to that rhythm, playing a counterpoint, or getting out of the way because that rhythm was saying its own thing. There's so many ways to respond, and a great rhythm section would have made that sound like so much more than what it was. That said, you've heard that kind of playing before. And now maybe you preferred the long, long, long strings of them. Maybe you preferred the shorter version. So again, I'm just presenting this idea here. It's not supposed to be the world's most musical thing, but I want you to connect what you're hearing with what you're seeing with the intellectual understanding of what this is. All three need to come together. That's how we learn. As far as I'm concerned, we all need to have you know, for any of these devices that we talk about to work, some sort of intellectual understanding of what's going on, right? We need to, of course, be able to play it. That's why we're here is to learn this stuff. But again, it's all about the ears of hearing it in advance. Oh, I, I think I want to play that rhythmic thing. Now, of course, at a great artistic level, these three things are happening way in the subconscious. Sometimes I'll think of one and it leads to the next ones. Anyway, it's important to me right now. So that's why we have these written out etudes. That's why I'm playing it for you so you can hear it. And now you do your part. You sit down and learn this stuff. All right, let me uh, play it for you again, a little faster tempo. Uh, that's a little hard at that faster tempo. And I see that there's not a lot of places to breathe. So you could hear me trying to sneak breaths in there and everything. So uh, maybe it sounded a little different to you at the faster tempo. Now, of course, it sounded different. It was faster. But what I mean is the quality of those groupings of three. It's a really interesting sound. And uh, I'm excited at some point to be able to do this with a live group for you, especially when Jazzwire gets launched. And you can hear how a real pro rhythm section is gonna respond. Now you piano players and guitar players out there, what would you have done when you heard that? Would you have responded with that rhythm? Even if you didn't intellectually know what it was, you could hear the pattern, right? There was a definite rhythmic pattern going on. Well, so now you actually maybe know what it is. As a bass player, would you choose to walk through that so we could hear the counterpoint, we could hear one thing against another, or would you go with it? You would leave the foundation and join this other thing. There's a lot of correct answers. 
And one person can make one answer sound right, the next person it doesn't come off so well. So this is the fun stuff. And this is what I love talking about so much, the group dynamics, right? So as a soloist or as a comper, we can create some amazing magic moments. And um, this is an incredible <laughs> busy time for me right now. I have Maryland Summer Jazz, our adult workshop coming up in like a month. And some of you folks out there are traveling across the world to join us. That's amazing. This is the kind of stuff that we get to do in a room with uh, like real musicians there playing this stuff with us. I'm in the middle of teaching three jazz professionals in jazz teacher training. Somebody in Dallas, Texas, somebody in Portland, Oregon, somebody in Spokane, Washington. So those three places are going to have jazz professionals teaching this stuff, assembling groups so you can play this stuff with other people. I have a new album coming out with a amazing group that, uh, that I love playing with so much. Mike Pope on bass, who used to play with Chick Corea. Frank Russo on drums, fantastic guitarist named John Lee. So I've got that going on. And then Jazzwire is launching this fall. And that's going to be a place for all you guys and uh, guys and women to be digging in way deeper into all this music and having really meaningful conversations, not only with me and other professionals, but with each other. So thanks so much for tuning in, everybody. Um, do remember to subscribe to these videos if you haven't yet. And if you've subscribed, make sure to turn on the notifications. Subscribing doesn't do any good unless you get notified when the new video comes out every Friday. So do that and definitely leave comments on YouTube. And if you're seeing this in Facebook, that's great too. Leave comments. Let me know what you're enjoying. Let me know what you would like us to dig into next time. Uh, most of these videos these days are based on hundreds of you writing and letting me know what you're finding interesting, what you're finding challenging. This is a community. I want to talk to you guys. So thanks for writing. Take care. See you next time.